Well, hey there, everybody. We're here for another episode of Life Downloaded. And it's episode eight. Yay, we made it. We did. So, as always, I'm Dan Edge with the tremendous Samantha Rank. And today, we get a bit deep and a bit personal. We get quite personal. I talk about a complication, an issue that's plaguing my life at the moment. So I want to bear all and be open about my challenge at the moment. Which is all well and good. I sit here being a, a wondrous listening ear, occasionally making <laughs> acknowledging noises, but also giving my opinion. Don't want to say much more than that, because obviously we don't want to give it away. <laughs> Listen after this shiny musical interlude. That is correct, lovely Samantha Rank. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got a little bit of a husky voice going on. This is literally... Do, 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 do. I know, right? Um, dun, 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 this dun, just started dun. about half an hour ago. It's our fault because myself and Dan, um, because we don't see each other apart from doing the podcast, uh, we end up like nattering and having a good old chinwag before we start recording. So, And the, the discussion was quite heated. Not heated. I was just... just enthusiastic Indeed. so i kind of lost my voice so anyway welcome uh welcome to episode eight hurrah we've, we've survived i think when we get to episode 10 we should have some champagne do, or something do, do, do. party is that, is that a bit too podcast like? party you can have champagne i'll have champagne yeah. can you get like alcohol free champagne probably but it probably tastes foul because this is this is like the thing everybody goes oh you don't drink drink a non-alcoholic beer i'm like but the reason I don't drink is because it tastes oh, foul. Oh, I get you. Oh, I get you. So you don't like the taste rather than the implications of how it makes you yeah, I mean, feel. I mean, yeah, in terms of the implications of how it makes me feel, having not drunk, I'm, I have no real want to be drunk. No. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like a, a secondary bonus. But I've just generally never liked the stuff. <laughs> no, so, I get that. I think our taste buds kind of change over time, don't they? And I, mm. I definitely go through all different phases. I used to, like, drink wine and now I'm a bit like, mm. But um, as I get older, I my tolerance has gone completely down. So um, I might end up being teetotal like you one day. Oh. We'll see. And then in the, come come in the, join the club. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, We're I'm nice. Sure <laughs> I feel a little bit better. So, Dan, what have you been up to? Out, out, north, out and out. Out, out, out and out. out. Well, after episode seven, I have my shiny new iPhone. Ooh. I, I was at launch day. Hurrah. It does reach a point, though, when the guys at your local-ish Apple store, because I don't have a local one, but okay. my closest Apple store saw me on launch day and went, hey, it's you. We expected uh, to see you today. Uh, that, that says a lot, doesn't it? That's quite sad, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> was there a lot of people um, queuing outside? There were. But you see, Apple are very clever when it comes to this, because when you pre-order your phone and you want to go collect it from the shop on launch day, you have to book a slot. Yeah. So like... You get a half hour slot and a whole bunch of people turn up in half hour slots. So the the queues aren't massive. Where the really massive queues come in are for people that don't pre-order, don't pre-order. and a chance in their arm and they're trying to sleep outside the shop in the first yeah, thing in the morning. I mean, and it's like I, mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. the effort going in, 
But it's too much for me. I couldn't queue outside oh, no. the shop. No, I mean, I just avoid it at all costs, to be honest. I even see it when I go to Westfield Centre, to the shopping centre, and they've got the store, and then they've got, like, a queuing area outside yeah. of the store. Yeah. And it baffled me the first time I saw that, <laughs> when I first moved to London. I was like, are they giving something for free? Like, why are these people standing <laughs> there? Are they waiting for free things? It's like, no, they're just waiting to get into the store. For the new um, thing. Blew my mind. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the Apple launch event. Good. Um, and I've got my shiny new phone. You've got your shiny new phone with yeah. your weird camera. With three camera lenses. Wow. Yeah. You did just do a really random selfie thing of yeah, me. Yeah, we, we, we did a slow fee. A slow fee, which no one will ever see. It's <laughs> um, um. alright, we'll do it. One day when, when we're at an event and you're all glammed up, we'll, we'll yeah. do a slow fee. Yeah, let's and, do it. Yeah, when I'm looking have, sexy. You can have long, if, wavy hair. Yeah, or if I'm coming out of a pool or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how that would work because I like you normally use a hoist. Proper like, proper like, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Craig, Halle Berry out of the water of I the James Bond I don't think Bond it would movie. be that sexy though. No, because no. them hoists like go really slow themselves. They do. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, like, it's a bit like a stair lift. It's like, for goodness sake, <laughs> just get on with it already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> slow motion, slow motion. That oh, slow mo. Um, I'll get some like shells in my hair. Or something like that, or coconut bra. Yeah, coconut bra. Oh, Seashell bra like a mermaid. Oh, honestly. Put a false tail oh, on you. I do actually have a, a a friend's wife from my, my time working at the trade union. I, I went down to um, a trade union meeting, an equity meeting for the South and Southwest Variety Branch. Ooh. I was going to oh. say something really sarcastic then, but I won't. Well, there you Carry go. Carry on. Um, and... The lovely Zander picked me up, and his wife is actually a mermaid. She she makes she is. yeah she makes her money being a mermaid. Oh, like a pro- oh no, I've heard of that. I thought they only did that in America. No, well she does lots of children's parties and all that oh. kind of stuff, but also shows for for holiday That's camps cool. and stuff as a mermaid. So yeah, I have a friend that is a genuine mermaid. Well, my favorite Disney film is Little Mermaid. Is it? And quick, very quick um, story. So I was in the choir when I was at school, but. Oh, when I was in like Voice prime. of an angel. Know, Voice right? of an oh, angel. Oh, yeah, really sexy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I must have been about seven, and they asked me to sing a solo, you know, um, part part of that, part of your world. Oh, yeah. Um, is that what it's called? I think so. Anyway, correct me if I'm wrong. See, I was always more of an Aladdin fan of a. Well, yeah, I mean, this is why we could never be together. Anyway. Indeed. <laughs> um, but I chickened out. I remember no. I because I just wasn't this confident when I was younger. I was cheeky, but I wasn't confident. And I remember that this other girl ended up singing it, but I turned up because the costume was already ready. So I turned up in head to toe handmade aerial, amazing um, outfit. I think I've got pictures of it, so I'll send it to you. But I was and we'll class. put it on the live download. Yeah, we will. We will. But yeah, and I just remember her singing it, and I was like crying in the choir because deep down inside I was thinking. Oh, I should have just done it. I should have just done it. But I didn't have the confidence. Oh. I know, which is something I can relate to a little bit. I tell, like, I, now. Well, I'll tell, <laughs> tell you what, Sam. The next time you get invited to one of those celebrity bashes that you, you get invited to. I'm, I'm not singing. I'm, no, I'm not saying you should sing. <laughs> but if we find you another mermaid outfit. Uh, and then totes. And, and then I'll, I'll find a, like, ridiculous... Wavy shirt and come as Eric. No, you can become Sebastian. You think? (laughs) 
Under the sea. <laughs> I know, right? Under the sea. <laughs> My goodness. That, su- that song is such a euphemism. Yeah, I mean, the whole of Brilliant. Disney is, isn't it? But like, really? Under the Sea is like a prime example. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah, you it know is. it's better down where it's wet under the sea. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's yeah. all very PC. Of course. Board. <laughs> um, so, uh, now we've had a good ramble for the first five minutes. Um, As all good life downloaded podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> Can you tell we really planned this down to the T? Um, so, I posted something on Twitter yesterday. You did. About yeah. having a very... I was having a bit... Basically, I was having a really shit day. And I have been battling with something for some time. And I said that I've not talked about it. And it's really funny because I am an activist and campaigner. And I am, I would say, I'm pretty transparent mm-hmm. with my life. As you probably know, if you are an avid life downloaded listener yeah i don't really have any. we do have a few of them they're lovely yeah hello there um i you know i don't have any filters um and i'm pretty easy to talk a hey, watch it i'm pretty easy to talk about all aspects of my life indeed however i've not really spoken much about um the problem i'm facing at the moment um purely because i've been quite embarrassed and also um, because I am scared of what people might think or how um, people will perceive me, which is ironic because I am in a wheelchair, I do have a, an impairment, I visibly look different and I, you know, I've always faced kind of prejudice, so why would this be any different? So basically, um, I have a condition, so my condition is brittle bones, osteogenesis imperfecta, but I think I've already mentioned previously in one of the podcasts, um, I, my teeth are also brittle. Um, so I have osteodentina genesis. So not everyone with my condition has it. Um, I am one of the lucky few. Um, but up until, like, I would say three years ago, this has never been an issue. I My teeth were always discoloured because I don't have enamel on there because I don't have collagen and collagen is in enamel. So I don't have that. So my teeth have always looked slightly greyish, which is very sexy. And my teeth are quite petite. So I've even had like people, I remember a boy at school called Liam, I won't say his last name, um, said, do you even have teeth? And that stuck with me for ages. So I've never really had any issues, never had a fill-in, never really been conscious of it until I started working television. And then I was like, oh my God, yes, sometimes it literally looks like I don't have any teeth. And then about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I woke up and I had broken one of my front teeth off in my sleep. Snapped it off. And ever since then, I've had a number of extractions, luckily further at the back. Um, But about a week ago, my gums started to... What's it called? Recede. Recede. So basically, my gums have started to go smaller and smaller which means that my front teeth have become wobbly because obviously your gums support your teeth now the dentist has said because my jaw you've got bone in your jaw but my my jaw is basically um shrinking because of my condition because obviously bone density decreases which then means your gums then shrink which then means you may have to have your teeth extracted so basically what i'm trying to say is i might face losing a lot more of my teeth and at age 33 that's not something you really want to hear and it's a very scary prospect because you know I do work in television 
I am already quite self-conscious about it. And as I was saying to you, Dan, we have, in, we have as people in general, not so much as the Americans who all have like veneers, but there is this concept or well, perception that if you've got bad teeth, you are somehow unhealthy, mm-hmm. you are poor, you are maybe rough, like you get into fights, yeah. um, you're unhygienic. Yeah. Um, I've often heard girlfriends say, oh, if he's got nice teeth, then you know that, you know, he washes himself properly. Um, I had a friend recently dump someone because they had funny teeth, you know, and they were like, I couldn't kiss someone with weird teeth. And that has been playing on my mind a little bit. Dan, I mean, would you agree with me, Dan? Would you say that, you know, it's a bit like saying the eyes are the... Windows to the soul. Windows to the soul and teeth, you know, if you've got a good smile. And I think, you know, we have adopted, particularly in England, we have adopted this American view of, you know, you've got to have a perfect smile. Yeah, I think, like, as I've got older, teeth have definitely become more of a thing. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I can understand people being concerned about teeth and everything else. And, you know... Because of your impairment, we've we've spoken about this before. You can't do the Ryland Clark Neil veneers. No, and, and I implant. wish I could. And, and you know, no disrespect to Ryland. Ryland's lovely. Ryland's doing very well. <laughs> I'm not one of these people that goes, "Oh my God, Ryland's on everything." Fair play to him. He's got a good agent. He's good at his job. <laughs> but you know, everybody knows Ryland for his teeth. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows Ryland for his teeth, and lots of people now aspire mm. to the Ryland teeth. Yeah. They do. And that's perfectly fine. But for a lot of people, due to expense, due to impairment, those teeth aren't an option. Yeah. Um, they're definitely not for me. I couldn't afford yeah. those teeth. No. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I can understand people having having concerns, having worries about it, um, for sure. Uh as always, I think sadly, it, there's more pressure on you as a woman mm. than, than me as a guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean there isn't pressure both no, no, ways, no. but well, I think I, 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 I think generally, you know, appearance issues widely affect women more than they do men. Mm. In in a lot of cases, not every case. Good lord, no. But you know, I think a bloke can get away with being slightly wonky. I mean, you look at <laughs> you look at the amount of people that fancy rugby players that have had their faces yeah, smashed exactly. in for years I of like, playing rugby. I, I like men that look like rough. Yeah, but you, <laughs> see that that's case that's case that's case in point. You like men that look rough. That you know, I don't I don't know many men. Possibly due doesn't mean they don't exist. But I don't know many men that say, yeah, I love a woman that looks, looks like rough. That looks rough and looks like she's played rugby and been smashed in the face and don't get me wrong i'm not saying all women that play rugby look rough or been smashed in the face that's not what i'm saying i know you i get what you're saying but it's a case of you know blokes are are allowed by society as a whole to be a little bit more rough around the edges appearance wise than women are um but you know I'd also like to think on the same token that is changing. Mm. Um, and people are starting to go, well, actually, this is a bit ridiculous. But I think, sadly, that change is happening slower yeah. than the change of, oh, my God, I want perfect Ryland teeth. Mm. I want the only way is Essex teeth. Mm. I want to look like the Housewives of Cheshire. I want to look like the people on Love Island. Yeah. There is a massive 
body acceptance movement going on, and rightfully so. And there's amazing people that do it, including you and myself, and and so many people on Instagram. But it's it's a double-sided discourse. That sounds posh, yeah, doesn't, just, it? doesn't it? Double-sided t-shirt. Yeah, double-sided discourse. In the fact that as much as there's a body acceptance movement going on, there's also a very still a very much look like the people on Love Island have perfect mm. teeth like Ryland movement going on and the, the aspiring to that. And there's nothing wrong particularly, I suppose, uh, aspiring to either. But I think, especially in the media, because mm. of the way the media is shaped, the Ryland image gets pushed more than... Poor Ryland. Sorry, Ryland. We yeah, love you, really. This isn't, this isn't comment on <laughs> Ryland. Ryland is amazing. But, you know... Ryland is is a prime example because he is known for his teeth. And that Mm -hmm. is the only reason I'm using him as an example. (laughs) I have nothing against him and his perfectly preened ways. We're going to have to send an apology letter to his agent or Uh, something else. No, no. I have all the time in the world for Ryland (laughs) because he does genuinely... And I know he does a lot for LGBT rights and... Yeah, he's fab. He's fabulous. But I, I, I do get... Well, I do completely get what you're you're saying, and I, I I find it strange that this has really really upset me. I mean, I'm talking to you now on a podcast, you know, because I don't particularly want to cry on a podcast. But yesterday was one of the toughest days I've had for a very very long time, and believe me, I've had tough days. Mm. I just felt, I mean, a, a whole host of emotions went through through me. Um, I felt like I, you know, I, I, honestly, I was like, I like bad karma got around. Like, what have I done to deserve this? I think. What I struggled with is when we talk about anything aesthetic, when you have an impairment, when you have a disability, no one seems to want to care or to help. I've had this complete lack of empathy mm. from even even friends um, about the fact that I am potentially losing teeth, you know, of the whole thing, oh, well, you can't really see your teeth anyway, Sam, or... You know, it's just, I don't know, it seems to be this whole thing of, well, you're already disabled, so one more thing. What what are you complaining about? And, you know, I would like to say, not that I'm a multimillionaire, but, you know, I would like to say I do have savings. So if anything, you know, went drastically wrong, I'd be able to maybe pay privately because I get, you know, NHS at the moment, mm. pay privately and sort it out. I wouldn't be able to have, you know, implants put in. I wouldn't be able to have a permanent solution. But I would, I would be able to do something. Yeah, there would be something. Um, you know, um, but equally, it, it's... I don't know. I, so, before moving to London, I I went to my GP and I asked for a bre- breast augmentation. Okay. So, an, another um, cosmetic uh, procedure. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was um, I have asymmetric breasts. Now, asymmetric breasts means that one's a little bit bigger than the other. Now... Back then, so this is talking like seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. I was a lot more body co- co- conscious, yeah. um, dealing with my own identity. Um, and also, uh, I think I got bombarded with, uh, you know, kind of images of like pornography and what women's boobs should look like. And I didn't feel adequate enough. I'd also recently had a spinal operation. So you can imagine my whole body structure changed which meant my chest kind of changed yeah. which made my asymmetry a little more bit more prominent and i hated it i could not have sex i couldn't take off my bra during sex i felt really self-conscious and can i just say that um actually 
almost every woman has asymmetric breasts. So this, you know, I thought I was the only one mm -hmm. and I thought it was related to my impairment and I just felt like an absolute freak. But actually it's super, super, super common yeah. unless you maybe have breast augmentation. But anyway, so I went to the GP and I told them her, it was a lady uh, GP and I just said how it's affecting me, my confidence, my sex life. And I actually got it um, approved on okay. the NHS. Great, great, great. And yep. then I moved to London. So um, when I went to my GP in London, they were like hell to the no. Because mm. the funding just wasn't there. And actually they did me a massive um, favour because I've already had nine, ten operations. Don't really need another operation. And now, do you know what, boys? If you don't like my boobs, then tough shit. <laughs> um, I don't like your penis. So there you oh, go. You oh, know what I mean? Oh. It can work both ways, can't it? Really? It can. And, and I've, I've accepted who I am. But, but that is a real rarity. And I just think that when you're talking about people like you or I or anyone with an impairment that have, have you know, scars or have teeth falling out or have curvature of bones or, you know, all the kind of cosmetic -y things that we really don't have any control over. Mm -hmm. You know, my dentist alluded that I had mistreated my teeth, right. which was a pain in the bottom because I know I really don't, Yeah, you know? And I was like, well, actually, you know, there's many people out there that have no control over, over it and maybe aren't in a financial position. Or not even that, insurance won't cover a lot of people with disabilities no. to get these procedures done. No. So I just wish there was a bit more <sighs> empathy, a bit more understanding of cosmetic procedures for people within the disabled community. Yeah. Would, you, would you agree? I mean, is there anything yeah, totally. I mean, that you can kind of relate to? I mean, again, it's it's yeah, I mean, kind of different because you're a guy. Or... It is different because I'm a guy, but on the same token, you know, as, as I'm getting older, I'm getting more curvatures and imbalances mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, the way I move and whatever else. So, you know... I when I was a guy, I always when I was growing up, when I was a guy. Do you want to share something with us, Dad? No, no, genuinely a guy all the way through. Um, but when I was a young guy, you know, I grew up watching wrestling, which obviously now I've been involved in. Mm. But because I watched wrestling, I wanted to be six foot three. Yeah. Um, because you know wrestlers are big dudes. I wanted to be six foot plus. I wanted to be two hundred. 25 pounds, 230, 40, 50 pounds mm. muscle guy because that was what I was into. Um, you know, that that's what I thought. Yeah, that's, you know. And then I went to the thing and they said, if it wasn't for your CP, you probably would be about six yeah. foot three, but you're not going to get there. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of went, Ugh. and obviously there's nothing you can do about how no. you're going to grow. But, and... As I'm getting older, like I say, I'm getting a bit more curved and a bit more mm. uneven and a bit more bendy in the wrong places. <laughs> Not necessarily aye in aye. a good way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so even as a guy, you know, there's there's body image issues. Um, and we've, we've done work before with charities about yeah, we body have. confidence and body image um, together. Because they've realised what a brilliant team we are. I know, we, we work so well together. We do. Um... But yeah, so definitely. And I think part of the issue when it comes to cosmetic procedures with people with impairments is A, your impairment may or may not have other medical connotations. No. And that's your own personal position. I'm not even going to dive into that. But I think um, 
in terms of medical procedures as well, it's about the non-disabled community. And this is not entirely mm. their fault, but th- I think this is definitely a factor of the non-disabled community seeing disabled people as attractive sexual <laughs> beings. Yeah. Because you were saying about your friends, you know, not acknowledging your teeth and, yeah. you know, that's their prerogative. But it, I think it boils down as them sort of going, ah, like you say, you're disabled anyway. I don't necessarily see you. And I'm not putting words in their mouth. No, no, but no, I, no think, but I agree with you. You know, I think it boils down to sometimes people don't see disabled people as sexual beings or, or just even attractive mm. um you know i think even when i went for my spinal operation um so the doctor was talking about all the things that could go wrong and this that and the other and i just said to him because at that time i did have a bad cur- curve in my spine i said get me as straight as possible as in i want to be taller mm. and also i didn't have a neck like my my vertebrae i mean i've not got a massive neck now but I was really, really squashed together. Mm-hmm. And all I said to him was, I just want, that's all I want. Like, you know, this is a life-saving operation. Yeah. But I was just obsessed with the aesthetics. Yeah. Because the, I knew that this is my one chance to maybe, you know, feel more comfortable in my own skin. And you say that to a spinal surgeon who is all about, you know, just mechanics of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of blew his... Yeah. mind why i would i mean even just on on this like you know scarring and things like that i said to like he's done a perfect scar on my back he was very skilled and it's a very tiny tiny scar but even like talking um talking about things like that before you and going to, for an operation like you know is there any way that we can make us put a scar somewhere that it's not as visible you know some of these scars that i have on my legs from previous operations it, i i look like i've been butchered like, you mm. can tell the, the the surgeon's just gone in, ripped, you know, like, really not taking much care because all they want to do is get in there and fix what they need to fix, not then realising that, actually, you know, I've got to live with these marks for the rest of my life. And I think a lot needs to go on about this. Even a, a good friend of mine, her partner, had colon cancer, so he had uh, most of his colon removed and he now has a colostomy bag. And obviously, you you have to sew up your your bottom, yeah, because you won't be using that anymore. And I even thought, gosh, what if like you know, if you're a gay man, or you know, we don't seem to talk about anything anything aesthetically when when we are dealing with operations mm. or people with impairments or um, health conditions. It seems to be this like secondary thing and it, and it blows my mind because we're constantly going on about the increase in mental health issues, which are, let's face it, related to these pressures that we yep. receive every day from the Love Island, mm-hmm. from, you know, kind of wanting to be perfect, quote unquote, you know, um, yet we don't really discuss it. So I think our health minister, um, what's his name? Jeremy Hunt. No, he's not helping. Who's he? Who is he? Matt Hancock, I believe. Oh, who's Jeremy Hunt? What's his title? I don't even know. I don't know what Jeremy. So Jeremy Hunt, that one. I don't think it's him anymore, though. I think it's Matt Hancock. We'll go. Yes, but he used to be though. When I'm thinking when he was. Yes. Yes. So he used to be. This is what I'm thinking of. So he used to be our health minister, Um, and um, I think about four, four, four years ago or so, he basically said that um, the NHS should stop all cosmetic procedures mm. um 
and I kind of partly agreed with him. I recently watched a TV programme where a girl got breast augmentation and she lied during her psych evaluation or, or you know, her therapy treatment, you know, to say that she was miserable, even though she wasn't, mm. to get money. So I, I'm sure, like, everything, like the benefit system, like, you know, most things, you can get those who abuse the system. But then I just thought, gosh, what about, again, people like myself who find themselves in a situation that I didn't think I would be in, that has devastated me, that could impact my work, mm. that could impact my mental health, my confidence, my interaction with 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 society, um, but then couldn't go privately to get it sorted because I'm not insure they won't insure me. So my only other option would be turning to the NHS. You know, um, I think it's a dangerous path when we start excluding those who literally have no other option. And as you just said, I think that sends a message that disabled lives don't really matter. Mm. We are insignificant. You know. Um, Sorry, you're not smirking at me. Yeah. Well, I, why are you laughing? Did that get deep? No, it did get deep, but I was just smirking, going, "There's nothing insignificant about you, Dan." Oh. Um, oh. Because I've got a slight bra showing. That's why he's being nice to me. No, because <laughs> that make doesn't make me sound like a total pervert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really warm, guys, so I've just put on a different little top, and it, it's a little bit. It is toasty, and it's. Yeah. It's a little bit revealing. It is a bit revealing. Okay. It's okay. Sam and I have been friends for a long time. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, But would you agree, though? I think it's just this whole, like you just said, this perception of disabled people not wanting wanting to be confident, not wanting to be proud of their appearance. Yeah. And, you know, do you know, I I talk about disabled people in film and TV and that all the time. Mm. And I, you know, when... Like, for example, Poldark is the one that... Oh, yeah, that, that one. Yeah. So, like, when he took his shirt off on Poldark, women around the country went... Curved. And, and probably men around the country went... Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, people around the country went, holy shit. He's really hot. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward, and I hope it happens in my lifetime. It won't be me, but... I hope, <laughs> no, I hope it happens in my lifetime that... There is a disabled man or woman on film or TV that has that moment. Yeah. Because uh, that, yeah. that would be... Flip it. it won't be me. Well, if it is, I need to start going to the gym more. I, don't mean, don't, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure, you know, it's, it's this whole thing of, you know, there are people that do find disabled people very attractive. But then without we go, doubt. But then we go into the whole, you know... I can never say the word fetish. Fetish. Fetishized. That's the one. Um, you know, so, and I'm not saying that there disabled, are disabled people, people are aren't attractive. No, no, you know? none of that. I think you're very attractive, Dan, you know what I mean? Thank so you. there you go. But I get what you mean. I'm, like, en masse, you're yeah, talking I would about. Yeah, lo- I would love that, like, en masse, women, men around the country just going, holy, holy hell. I wouldn't mind doing that. That disabled person, whatever their impairment may <laughs> be, I just, like, I'd, I'd bend over backwards or whatever they may want to do with she that person. She calls me funny. It, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly that. I, I would love for that moment to happen. And I think, you know, there, there has been small echoes of it. Like, yeah. I know when my friend Jack Ayres did... The, oh, yeah, of course. The, Jack is a good-looking lad. Yes, did he not win? What did he win? It, he's para, para-canoeist and all sorts Did you not win a, a Britain, like... um? 
He was, uh, yes, he was Mr. England. Mr. England. Mr. England. So, there you know, you there are there are good looking disabled people out there. And I know like when Jack did an ad for Scope a few years back and took his shirt off, there were quite a few well, women I can sort imagine. of going, going Phew. but like Polled Out go, goes down in history as one of those shows where everybody just kind of went, huh. Yeah. And Did you a little bit? No. No. Oh. Not my type. Oh. Not my type either. <laughs> but. Um, but, but yeah, I would love for a disabled person, whichever gender, whichever sexual orientation, don't give a damn. Yeah. I would love for a disabled person to have that mass effect no, sexual Completely. completely. And I get that. And I think this is why this happening to me has impacted me as much as it has is because I've already got in my head not through no fault of my own through other people imposing their ableist kind of um, views onto me that I'm not good enough anyway or I'm not attractive enough anyway so even though I've got the side of me going well actually Sam you're fucking amazing excuse my language but you are amazing and that you know I, I I'm an amazing dresser I love my hair and I love you know there's so many redeeming elements to me that I really really like and I really love that there's that little kind of devil inside of me that is like my god if I end up like you know having a couple of teeth missing even if I've got to like wear like a denture or something that will that will make me you know what I mean that will just amplify already all these people that don't want to you know date someone who's disabled you know what I mean because there's already so much prejudice yeah. To, towards, I mean, I'm, I'm talking personally about me because, you know, I've not had good with uh, online dating people, being very sarcastic, being very rude, being very dismissive, you know. Um, so I just think, geez, this is just an ad, another added level. And, you know, I'm sure there's some people out there that will be listening going, well, when you find the right person, they wouldn't care, etc. And I am sure that is true. But right now, where my mental health is and where my confidence is, it's kind of hard to see into the future yeah. and see that kind of person who would um, not care, mm. you know? I get that. Um, and I think that's mainly because we are bombarded with what it's like to be lovable, mm. sexy, perfect. Yeah, and, you know, I get that, totally get that. And this is this is one of those frank, open and honest podcast conversations <laughs> where... You know, there, there are solutions, there are ways around it. We could come up with a sunshine and rainbows answer, but at the moment we're just being frank and honest. Going, being frank and saying it's crap, I feel like crap, <laughs> I feel like crying, but you know what? Well, it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Indeed. And in retrospect, I have been through a lot, lot, lot worse. But, you, you know, I think... <laughs> but it still doesn't make it any better, does it? No, right, right now, right now it doesn't. But in a month's time, we'll no doubt be in a different place. Do you know what? My sister said to me, because she always believes everything happens for a reason. I kind of do as well. She said, you've always been conscious about your teeth and the discolourment of them and people not being able to see them properly, etc. She went, if you do end up losing more and then you do end up getting like a, like a, bri- you know, like a bridge yeah. or whatever, you could then get them as white as Rylan. Well, there you go. See? And then, and then you, have, you like, the, <laughs> have the perfect teeth that you always wanted. Exactly. You know what I mean? Reason. So maybe reason. this is my sacrifice to the universe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, this, this is the thing. And the reason, you know, we're being so open and honest about it is because that what that's what this podcast was about. Yes. 
That's what this podcast is about. Because we know, Sam and myself, that we're not the only ones in this position. Now, we will encourage you to be body positive until we're blue in the face. Because nine times out of ten, we are. Yeah, of course. But we also want to lay on the line. We're human and we have wobbles and, you know, it's that kind of scenario too. And we have days where I just literally want to sit with my cat and cry and eat chocolate. I, I have days where I want to sit and eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Not cry. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> the thing is, like, I if I'm honest, this will wreck my hard man wrestler image, but I I cry all the time. I like men who cry, that's I, fine. Like, I cry at tea. I, yeah, but I'm, like, terrible. Like more I, like what, watching The Lion King or something. Yeah, I cry oh, at no. TV. I cry oh, at TV, no. and like it's not even it's not even that I'm feeling particularly emotional. It's just like, oh my god, there it goes. There oh, goes that's kind of cute. Yeah. That's kind of cute. I don't I don't mind that at all. I mean, my sister said to me yesterday. She went, take today, have a cry, go watch yourself in the mirror, cry. And I went, it's all right. I've already done that. Has ever have you ever done that where you're feeling just so sorry for yourself? That you literally go to a mirror, like if you're at the sink, and you just look and you look in the mirror at yourself crying and just feel absolutely pathetic. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no. But it's true, you know, you have days like that. I um, actually feel really good that I've got it off my chest. Good. A little bit. Good. I now feel, because you know what the biggest thing is? Keeping things to yourself. Yep. And, totally. then, and then thinking, oh, what would people notice or what would people say? But now I've kind of like, I mean, it's not like we've had hundreds of thousands of listeners, but those listeners that will be listening, you know what I mean? I now feel like I don't have to feel ashamed or embarrassed. At least you know that, you know what I mean? Like, I just genuinely feel like, well, this is what's happening to me. I can't control it. Well, this is it. And if your tweet that you put out was anything to go by, because you tagged me in it, my phone went oh, off yeah, every... Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. But my phone went off every 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, I even had Eamon Holmes message you me. You did. You had Bless you had him. quite a lot of the, the celebrity glitterati. Oh, see, this is why I'm saying I'm very blessed, and this is why today I'm not crying. Yesterday I had my cry. This morning I might have had a little cry. But now I'm like, no, right, what have I got to do? I've got to go see my specialist. I've got to get on it. I need to be proactive. I need to stop putting putting money away. <laughs> uh, sorry, Lola, you're not going to be getting any more cat toys uh, <laughs> because mummy needs some new teeth. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, you know, if like I say, if your tweet that you put out yesterday was anything to go by, which I specifically didn't comment on, not because I was ignoring you. Lazy. No, it wasn't lazy either. It was just because I wanted to, you know, have a chat with you face to face. Oh my God, because... you're not really scared. I didn't mean to be dramatic. No, 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 no. But it's like, you know, you're important to me and some things you just have a word quietly, some things you tweet about. Yeah, and... some... <laughs> Some things that I go live on air and be like... (laughs) So for me, it was just firstly before, you know, this podcast is fun and we love doing it. But more importantly, you're my friend first. So I just just dropped you a message and sort of said, are you all right? We'll talk about it. And you are. You're a good good egg and we are there for each other. But I mean, um, again, on a serious note, and as Dan said, that um, I hope um, I might have helped someone by being open. Um, I'm not saying that everyone's losing their teeth, but whatever challenge you're facing at the moment, whatever situation that you just feel like, why me? Um, you know, or, or just kind of just feel absolutely drained because it seems to be one thing 
after another and you feel a bit hopeless um you're not alone um you know i'm sure people look at me and think oh she's got a really great life and she does this and she's dead confident well actually i'm really struggling at the moment and if i struggle then you should feel all right about you struggling and what i would say is um there's always a solution to a problem it might not be that clear and in the words of my sister you know i do believe everything happens for a reason again it might not seem that clear but everyone's got their path to 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 kind of walk or roll um you know and we all have our challenges thrown at us and i think it's how you deal with with it and how you overcome that and i think my overcoming it is talking to you all and being open and honest i now don't actually feel as alone which is nice so on that happy note um, you're you're not, alone. not alone. I know, you're not alone. You're not alone. Why um, am I singing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I've broken into song. <laughs> Possibly because I've been practicing singing for an audition on Friday. Oh, but that's... Yay! Yay! Um, Have you got a nice voice? Well, Senior voice if, if you listen to the Paddy Power advert where they specifically oh, told me to... You know I still need to Google it. Have I'm you a... not watched no, that yet? No, I think I remember it, bad friend alert. I <laughs> think I remember it when it was out, but I didn't know you then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I probably didn't pay much attention, no, no. disrespect. No, none taken. But, um, but yeah, they. I would just like to point out they asked me to sing badly on that advert purposely. Oh. Yeah. Why? Because I I needed to sound like I need to sound like a football fan that's sort of singing Uh, and chanting rather than. I was getting a bit worried that I thought you needed to like sound like you were I don't know like out of tune on purpose. Well, yeah, kind of, but um, but yeah, it was more you know. I was singing. You're a logger lad. Indeed, um, I was singing a version of of gold with different gold. Lyrics. Indeed, always believe in your soul. Oh, that's the one. Right, I think we should like totally wrap up this podcast <laughs> because it's gone on such a tangent, and I'm pretty sure all the listeners are going, "What the frack is going?" On. But essentially, I needed to <laughs> sing a version of that song, and I had an amazing vocal coach. He was amazing and taught me through it all. And but he kept saying, "Dan, will you please stop singing it like you're actually a part of Spandau <laughs> and sing it more like a football fan?" Nothing wrong with that. So if you do watch that, it's not my best singing voice, uh. purposely. But I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna win X Factor, but I, I can hold. You can a hold tune. a tune. I can hold a you tune. Can hold a tune. And on that note, let's <laughs> let's what end. Are we, the... What are we calling this podcast? Toothless. Toothless. Yeah. Episode eight. Toothless. Toothless. Like the dragon. Toothless. Like the dragon. Is there a dragon? Yeah. From from How to Train Your Dragon, there's the lead dragon is called Toothless. Oh, Toothless. There you go. Yes. So that was episode eight. Thank you for letting me um, offload and bear all. Um, I again, I really hope that my words have uh, resonated with even just one person and. and yeah, thank you, Dan, for being an amazing friend and podcast host. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Because as per usual, I'm actually really quite hungry. <laughs> um, it's like a, it's like a. Pattern. I know, right? <laughs> it's a pattern, everybody. But yeah, so this has been episode eight, now known as Toothless. I am Dan Edge. I am Samantha Rain. This has been Life Downloaded. Trust me, guys. Talking about stuff helps. Yep. This is case in point, and if we've made your day a little bit better, yeah. awesome. And we love you all. Aww. We shall see you, <laughs> or at least you shall hear us, 
for episode 9. Take care of yourself, guys, and listen to us again soon.